Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A'udhu billahi samira yimina shaytan al-azim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wal-i'udwan illa ala al-zalimeen. Wal-aqibatu lil-muttaqeen. Allahumma salli wa sallam wa baraka ala abdika wa rasulika Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathira. MashaAllah, for the first time, I'm coming from a colder America to a warmer UK. So alhamdulillah, somehow I made it out of the winter storms of Canada and the US and made it on these flights. And then I walk in and Mufti Mink is giving the cameraman a hard time. <laughs> so may Allah forgive Mufti Mink and bless him. And may Allah bless the cameraman, mashallah, and increase him in nur, inside out. Everyone say ameen. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all for being here tonight and staying late night through it all. And subhanAllah, as I was thinking about what to speak about, there's one thing that I decided to do on my way here, which is that I actually want to use the next few nights as I'm traveling through the United Kingdom to do a series of sorts, inshaAllah ta'ala. And tonight will be the first part of that, inshaAllah ta'ala. And it really focuses on something that is unique about the Qur'an. The Qur'an is unique in its coherence, the Qur'an is unique in its style. The Qur'an is unique in what it does to the hearts. And the Qur'an is unique in that no matter how much you reflect on it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reveal something different to you in terms of an added benefit while still retaining the primary meaning every single time you read it, so long as your heart is present. It will give you something new every single time. And what I want us to talk about, inshallah ta'ala, is this idea of a journey. This journey that we are on of life is one that starts from a very particular place. You'll often hear people talk about life being temporary. And for us as Muslims, we don't console ourselves with simply saying life is temporary and this world is temporary. We say this life is temporary and the hereafter is permanent. We're not just here to comfort ourselves and console ourselves as we make ourselves amenable to this journey here, but rather we're focused on a very particular destination and there is something that is so beautiful about this journey is that we have no doubt in the destination whatsoever and the destination is more compelling, more comprehensive, more beautiful than anything that could be realized in this world here, and that destination is Jannah. You know, they talk about relationships being transactional and then being transformational. First and foremost, our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is of course meant to be transformational. Every single part of our being is meant to revolve around ubudiyah, this concept of servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah in His mercy and generosity has promised us a reward and has given us a profitable transaction. And the Ansar who used to understand the idea of agriculture because they were an agricultural people, they would plant seeds and then they would see crops come out. When the Prophet ﷺ told them that the seeds of sacrifice that you will be planting are that you're going to sacrifice your allegiances. Your safety will be gone. Your livelihood and your property will be under threat. All of the things that are necessary for a thriving civilization. 
What does Allah tell us about Mecca? لِإِلَافِ قُرَيْشِ إِلَافِهِمْ رِحْلَةَ الشِّتَاءِ وَالصَّيْفِ فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ الَّذِي أَطْعَمَهُمْ مِنْ جُوعٍ وَآمَنَهُمْ مِنْ خَوْفٍ Let them worship the Lord of this house who fed them in their hunger and granted them safety and security when they were in turmoil, when they were scared. And so Allah reminds them of these favors, that you were in fear in Mecca and Allah granted you safety that you had no crops and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided you something to thrive with as a civilization, nourishment. And then in Medina, they're being asked to sacrifice their am, their safety, and sacrifice everything that they have for this message. And when they asked the Prophet what do we get in return? The Prophet did not tell them Medina is going to be a world-class destination. Medina is going to be a city that is put on the map and that everyone will visit as a result of you taking me in. He didn't give them any worldly promises. How many of you have been to Ta'if? Very few of you. I could count a few hands only. How many of you have been to Medina? Exactly. Had Ta'if taken in the Prophet ﷺ, they would not have just gotten the benefit of receiving the Prophet ﷺ in the hereafter. But Ta'if would have been a city on the map. Instead, Medina was, was given all of these blessings for taking in the Prophet But the Prophet told them, you get Jannah, you get paradise. And they said, That's a successful transaction. That's a successful transaction. That's a successful transaction. We're pleased with that. If the only thing we're going to get out of this is paradise, Alhamdulillah, we're good with that. But Allah gave them so much more and they grew closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout time to where the greatest gift in Jannah and the greatest gift in this dunya is a connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now let me bring it back to the journey. Our journey starts in Jannah with our father Adam alayhi salam being expelled from paradise from the expulsion of Adam السلام, from paradise to this realm of this world, to the expulsion of our souls from our bodies into that realm is a deep connection. And I want you to pay attention to the coherence of the Quran. Adam السلام, is in Jannah, as we all know, with Hawa, his wife. And Adam السلام, and Hawa make a mistake. They hasten towards something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbade them from. As a result of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expels Adam السلام, and Eve from paradise. Now look at the wording in the Quran. That Adam السلام, drew close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with some words of repentance. And Allah immediately forgave him. And what were those words? Oh Allah, we have wronged ourselves. 
وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين And if you don't forgive us and have mercy upon us, we will be from the losers. This is the initial expulsion. And this is the tawbah of Adam salam to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, we immediately forgave them. We gave them the words by which they could seek forgiveness and we immediately forgave them. Now with that being said, Adam salam did not just have the fruits of paradise and the beauty of Jannah. Adam salam also was spoken directly to by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the heavens. And now as he is expelled to this earth, he will be communicated to by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the malaika, through the angels. Some of the scholars say that's one of the wisdoms of Musa alayhi salam being called Kalimullah, the one who Allah spoke to directly. Because he's the only one who Allah spoke to directly on this earth. Because Allah spoke to Adam alayhi salam in paradise and Allah spoke to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam on the night of al Isra wal Mi'raj. But to Musa alayhi salam, Allah spoke to him directly on this earth. So there's a demotion there where now Allah communicates with Adam salam through the angels and there's the loss of paradise and all of that with an assurance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that oh Adam, oh Eve, you've been forgiven. You've been forgiven. The consequences of this mistake are not a sign of the long-lasting impact of them, nor are they a sign of Allah's displeasure. It's part of the process. There's a process now to get back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you've been forgiven. And listen to what Allah says, and I'm going to show you the beautiful coherence of the Qur'an. Wallahi, it's incredible. We said, leave it all of you. Leave it all of you. But when guidance comes to you, know that whoever follows my guidance, they will not grieve, nor will they be afraid. They will not grieve over the past, nor should they be anxious about that which is to come afterwards. So long as they hold on to my huda, so long as they hold on to my guidance, there is a promise of getting back home to Jannah. As Muslims, we don't believe that we inherited Adam salam's burden, but we do believe that we're a part of his journey. And there's a big difference between those two things. We did not inherit the sin, nor are we being punished for that sin. But we are now part of that journey as the children of Adam, because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Adam salam and Hawat and to the entirety of humankind as it would then grow into many men and women, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, guidance is going to come to you. That guidance will be in the form of angels, that guidance will be in the form of revelations, that guidance will be in the form of messengers and prophets, that guidance will be in the form of the signs all around you that lend themselves to a greater being and to a greater purpose. The hidayah will come to you. Allah is not going to just cut you off and leave you in the wilderness. 
وَمَا كُنَّا مُعَذَّبِينَ حَتَّى نَبْعَثَ رَسُولًا We never punish a people until we send them a messenger. We never punish a people until the messenger has come to them and speaks their language. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا بِلِسَانِ قَوْمِهِ We don't send a prophet and a messenger except that the prophet and the messenger speaks their language, speaks in a way they can understand, and connects them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The guidance will keep coming to you. So long as you, O children of Adam, stick to that guidance, then just like when Adam السلام, was expelled from paradise into this realm of dunya, when your body expels its soul into the next realm, the destination will be paradise. Now subhanAllah, Adam السلام, in paradise is spoken to directly by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then when he comes to this earth, he's a prophet. So he's spoken to directly by the angels. Then we come as believers after prophets. Allah sends Musa alayhi salam, Moses, Jesus, peace be upon him, Isa alayhi salam. Before them, Ibrahim alayhi salam, Abraham, peace be upon him. Allah sends prophets and prophets and prophets and prophets until he sends Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And as believers, we are not spoken. We're not spoken to by the angels the way that the prophets were. And those that don't even directly interact with the Prophet don't even see the Prophet. And that's why the Prophet said in a hadith in Muslim Imam Ahmad, Tuba liman ra'ani, glad tidings to the one who saw me and then believed in me. And then Tuba, and the Prophet promised an even greater reward. Liman amanabi walam yarani, to the one who believes in me and they did not even see me. An even greater reward for you. Because the whole notion of the immediate proximity of paradise and the unseen becomes more and more distant from you unless you have a heart of taqwa that is trying to perceive that throughout this journey, that is listening carefully, that worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you can see him, that feels the presence of the angels as if they talk directly to you that believes in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as if you were a companion of his, that reads the Qur'an as if it was revealed directly to you, a personal letter from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you as Imam Hassan al-Basri rahimahullah said. These mediums of guidance and hidayah to you are so precious and they're so connected and connecting of you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so you realize as you start to proceed through this life I am just a continuation of this journey and I can't wait to get back home. I'm not home. I'm not on vacation. I'm at work. You know, subhanAllah, it's all about your mindset. I'm at work right now. When you think about a believer and how is it that I can't cope with the difficulties and the hardships and everything that comes my way. And yes, Life will present some difficult challenges. The people think they just say we believe and that's it. No, the test will come. You know why? You're at work. And I want you to tell yourself that. I'm at work right now. As long as I'm in this dunya, 
This is Darul Amal. This is the place of work. I'm at work right now. And yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives me breaks. And He's merciful. He tells me to enjoy those breaks. Not just that, He says there's reward in those breaks so long as those breaks feed your ultimate purpose of being a more productive abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine these companions of the Prophet If the Prophet did not tell them that there is a reward in every morsel of food that you put in the mouth of your families, that there is a reward in your rest, that there is a reward in your intimacy, that there is a reward in all of these things that you do that are things of this world, but they give rest so that you can continue to work towards the ultimate destination. The Sahaba would have said, forget all of that. But Allah in His mercy tells you, take a break, but take breaks intentionally. And don't lose your purpose during those breaks. And in fact, I'll pay you for the breaks as well because you get good deeds for the breaks as well. But you're at work. My mindset is that I'm at work. This is Darul Amal. I'm trying to get back home. I'm not on vacation. I'm trying to get back home. I am like a person who comes to this world and is under a tree and proceeds to the destination. And I'm trying to connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as I can. SubhanAllah, something I noticed about the Quran, and this was just a personal reading of Allah, and I said, how coherent and how beautiful, was when I realized, SubhanAllah, there's a direct connection to how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about our exit from this world, to how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about our entrance into it via Adam alayhi salam. You know what it is? إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ أَلَّا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ الَّتِي كُنْتُمْ تُوْعَدُونَ This blew me away. Those who say we believe and then they hold on, istaqamu, they're steadfast as much as they can. As soon as the body starts to expel the soul, the angels that brought Adam السلام, down and said, stay here until you get back. And then we were born or our parents were born and their parents were born and their parents were born until we were born and now you're leaving this life and the angels come back to you and they're talking directly to you and you can see them the same way Adam السلام, saw them. And they say, What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say to Adam السلام, and all of us by extension? فَإِمَّا يَأْتِيَنَّكُمْ مِنِّي هُدَى فَمَنْ تَبِعَ هُدَايَ فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ The same words that Allah promised Adam السلام, and all of us by extension. Whoever follows this guidance, they will not be afraid. They will not grieve nor shall they be afraid. The same words when Adam came in here are the same words that are spoken to us bi ta'ala 
as we start to perceive that next realm, should we be believers when we are leaving? Don't be afraid. Don't grieve. Don't be afraid about that which is to come. What causes anxiety often is because of the unknown and the uncertain. What's next? What's coming next? As a believer, you've been putting in the work. And now you're transitioning from Darul Amal to Darul Hisab. You're leaving your place of work and now you're going home. Now you get to enjoy your hard-earned money. Just like you pay rent, just like you buy your house, just like you drive in the car that you earn from, just like you eat from the work of your hands. Now you go home, come back home. O soul at peace, come back home. Come back to your Lord, pleased and pleasing. Enter you amongst my servants, enter you my paradise. Come home. Now you get to come back home. Here's the paradise you've been promised. We were with you this whole time. The angels say you lived here 18 years, 80 years. You know, from the moment you were born and you came into this life, to the moment you left, we were with you this whole time. We never left your side. We were hoping for good for you. We were protecting you. We were inspiring you towards khair. Get back home, get back home, get back home. Go back to Jannah. Listen to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hold on to la ilaha illallah. Don't get distracted. And now we're gonna be with you and now you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Now subhanAllah, between that direct conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Adam alayhi salam in Jannah. It doesn't get sweeter than that, right? Allah speaking to you in Jannah while you can see him and he's pleased with you. To the next level, which was Adam alayhi salam being spoken to by the angels. To the next level of prophets who are spoken to by the angels that then speak to people. So people that are speaking to prophets in this dunya and being spoken to. To people who are listening to those who listen to those who listen to those who were spoken to by the prophets. Now, it starts to get closer. The angels welcome you in. And you start to experience some of Jannah. And arwah al-mu'mineen, the souls of the believers get to celebrate with one another. And amongst them, the prophets. There's Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in Al-Barzakh. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us Al-Firdaus Al-A'la and his companionship. And may Allah allow him to be amongst the believing souls that welcome us into the next realm. Allahumma ameen. Then, after the journey, after the hisab, after you go through the accounting, see how much you actually earned, then it's Jannah bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. Then it's Jannah with the prophets. Then Allah calls you and I in Jannah and speaks to us directly while he is pleased with us and letting us know that he will never be angry with us again. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma ameen. Look how it comes full circle. 
how it comes full circle. But this time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Yabna Adam, I'm pleased with you and I will never be displeased with you again. I'm pleased with you and I will never be displeased with you again. Now right now, in the center of that journey, in the center of that journey, even though you're not directly in conversation, and when I say directly in conversation, you're not being spoken to by Allah in the heavens, you're being spoken about by Allah in the heavens. Even though you're not being spoken to directly by the angels in a way that you can perceive like you do communication between human beings, you're being spoken about by the angels. You're still in the conversations of the heavens so long as you're still doing the actions of the people of Jannah. And especially when you make sacrifice. Especially when you don't just wait for hardship to come to try to recalibrate and remind yourself, well, it wasn't for this dunya anyway. But you actively give up comfort and pleasures in this life like a person who works hard. You're employee of the month all the time. Abd of the month with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ajaba rabbukum. Your Lord is amazed. Amazed. By this person that wakes up in the middle of the night. It's cold. They're tired. They have the comfort of their family and the comfort of their bed. And they leave that. They ditch all of that comfort. And they get up and they make wudu and maybe the water is not pleasant. And their eyes are red. Fighting with their beds. Calling upon their Lord in fear and hope. And then they spend during the day of their wealth for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you leave that comfort proactively. You're not up at night because you can't sleep because hardship struck you. You're up at night because you can't sleep because you're pursuing something that is greater than this world. And you get up and Allah says to the angels, look at this. Look at this. Look at this person who left the comfort of their bed, who left the comfort of their spouse, who left the comfort of that sleep, who forsake all of that, calling upon me out of love for me and out of hope for what is with me. Ya Allah, I still get to be in that conversation? I can't hear it directly, but let me tell you something. When you start to actively deposit like a person at work, then your hardships and your pleasures, every moment, every potential problem is an opportunity and you're depositing it all into your account with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you start to feel something. Imam Hassan al-Basri rahimahullah was asked, how come the people who pray at night have the brightest faces? It's counterintuitive, right? You sleep less, you should look worse. You sleep less, you should look exhausted. 
You should be tired. You should be antsy. You should be irritated, right? Easily irritable if you sleep less, right? Yeah, Imam, it doesn't make sense. Those people that we know pray Qiyamul Layl, they look fresh. They're fresh. And he said, لِأَنَّهُمْ خَلَوْ بِالرَّحْمَانِ فَأَلْبَسَهُمْ مِنْ نُورِهِ Because they were in seclusion with the Most Merciful and Allah dressed them with His light. So even though they're not in Jannah hearing the conversation about themselves, they're in the conversation and they're feeling the effects of that conversation and you better believe when Allah boasts about you, you feel it. There's a direct impact and that gives you a way to move forth in this life. Now I'm going to move on in full silat for a reason. Those people who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about that hold on to the covenant with Him, that are able to still continue forward, that are able to still stay focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are the people of La ilaha illallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them. Allahumma ameen. The covenant that you had, the guidance that you had was karimat al-tawheed, was that word of monotheism, La ilaha illallah. Don't lose it. No matter how down you are with your faith, no matter how you start to feel, don't lose La ilaha illallah. Don't stop asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to let you die upon La ilaha illallah. Don't stop renewing your faith with La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah. Those people, those people are people that are holding on with La ilaha illallah. But there is a step beyond that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلًا مِمَّنْ دَعَى إِلَى اللَّهِ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا وَقَالَ إِنَّنِي مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ You know what's even better than that? What is more pleasing to Allah than the one who calls other people to Allah? And the one who does good deeds. And the one who says, I am from the Muslims. You know, there's a passing grade. And then there's an excellent grade. Passing is taqwa. Excellent is ihsan. You don't just want to pass. You want to go higher and higher and higher and higher. So, la ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah. So long as you maintain. What did the Prophet say to that Bedouin man? who came to me, he said, Ya Rasulullah, if I pray five times a day, nothing more, nothing less, I fast the mandatory fast, nothing more, nothing less, I pay what I have to pay, nothing more, nothing less, do I get Jannah? The Prophet said, if you're truthful, you get Jannah. If that's the type of relationship you want to have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where you just ask about doing the bare minimum, fine. If you're truthful to the minimum, You'll get Jannah, but the reality is, is that if you aim for the minimum of good deeds, your sins will certainly multiply over time and rest your heart and erode away that minimum because we often sin unknowingly. And so don't just aim for the minimum, but if you are sincere, if you leave this world and you got your five prayers down, 
and you've got your siyam down of Ramadan and you abstain from the muharramat, from the major sins and knowingly disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you pay the zakah and you do hajj when you, if you are capable of doing so, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala write us down and accept hajj, Allahumma ameen. And all of that bound by ashadu wa la ilaha Allah wa ashadu anna Muhammadun Rasulullah. Then inshallah ta'ala you'll be included in these people that are mentioned in the beginning here. But do better. Because you're at work. Try to be employee of the month. Try to do better. See every moment as an opportunity for reward. When you listen to lectures about patience, don't just seek a coping method. Seek a rewarding method with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Try to channel that hardship towards the ultimate abode of ease by reminding yourself, we were not sent here to party. We were not sent here to play. We were not sent here for comfort. But should we have certainty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will unlock Jannatul Yaqeen, the certainty or the paradise of certainty in our hearts before we arrive at the paradise around us. Nurture your paradise in here and you will realize it in the hereafter all around you. That's what we're taught. But with all of that, dunya sijnul mu'min wa jannatul kafir. This life is the prison of the believer and the paradise of the disbeliever. Seek something greater. When you earn, think about charity. When you retire to your home at night, think about that secret prayer. When others talk about the best restaurant in town, think about how Maghrib is so early here, you people should be fasting. <laughs> SubhanAllah, I was flying through here uh, last month in transit. I'm getting off the plane in London, coming from Nigeria. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll get time for Dhuhr and Asr. Then I get off the plane, it's already dark. I'm like, what's happening here? I hope you all are fasting, inshallah ta'ala, and taking advantage of these days of fasting. This is why the Sahaba used to refer to winter as the spoils of the believer. Allah gives you easy opportunities, easy opportunities, easy opportunities for khair. Think about how you deposit further. And then subhanAllah, I'll end with this. Read about the stories of people who were inspired towards what you should be inspired to now. And who realized ta'ala what you hope to realize then. Read about the Salihin, read about the righteous. The Prophet was given the stories of the prophets before him. He said, may Allah have mercy on my brother Moses. He was tested with harder than this and he was patient. Musa. May Allah have mercy on my brother Musa Allah gave him the story of Joseph, the story of Yusuf Allah gave him the story of Jesus, Isa Allah gave him all of those stories of prophets and that energizes him. And it gives him firmness stability, something to aim for more and more and more and more. We have the stories of the prophets. We have the story of the Prophet We have the story of a Sahaba Ridwanullah Ta'ala alayhim. We have the story of a Salaf, the pious predecessors. We have the stories of great people over 1400 years and the stories of great people that are even alive today that can inspire us towards that greater goal and that can remind us what it is that we should be aiming for. And so I often think about 
that conversation. The difficult conversation that has to happen in a household when you have someone that is aspiring for something greater and others are not on the same page. May Allah make it easy for all of our brothers and sisters that convert to Islam and their families just don't get it. And they are so dedicated towards that destination and talking to their families about trying to understand what they're aiming for and what their motivation is. And sometimes it's hard to convey all of that. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu even when it's not hostility, Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when he used to go and free people from bondage, free slaves in Mecca with his own wealth. And his father, Abu Quhafa, radiallahu anhu, wasn't Muslim yet. He says to him, listen, usually when people free the enslaved, they free the ones that they feel like can benefit the most. Like the payment is in accordance with how valuable that slave is going to be to them in this life. But I see you freeing people like Khabbab and Bilal and these people that you're paying top dollar to get out of bondage. And what are you getting from it? Doesn't make sense. And that's why even the disbelievers, they said Abu Bakr anhu had a deal with them in the past. And he said, oh my father, I don't want what people have in this life. I want what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has. Subhanallah. Allah Azza wa reveals Surah Al-Layl about Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. So Abu Bakr is trying to convey, look, I want something different. You're not going to get this. It's not going to make sense to you, but I'm at work right now. <laughs> I'm depositing into something more meaningful. I'm seeking something greater with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not going to make sense to you until you believe in what I believe in. But then, that conversation that we have with each other, your brothers and sisters, and I see a lot of young people in here. If you want to get to Jannah, if that's your destination, surround yourself with people of the same pursuits. Surround yourself with those people that are seeking what you want to be seeking. Surround yourself with those people that are working towards a similar goal. Even if it's one friend or two friends, surround yourself with those people. We support one another in this goal. We gotta work together. We need that affirmation from one another to keep pushing towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to surround ourselves with those people. And that conversation, when you have a father and a son, a parent and a child, that both know exactly what they want. Imam Ahmed rahimahullah ta'ala, as he was passing away, or before he passed away, after he'd been through prison, torture, deprivation from a worldly sense, and been through so much. And some of you may have heard this story, but I want you to actually think about it. It's really hard for the children of people that suffer for their principles to understand why their parents are being dealt with that way. It's very hard. It's very hard to convey that to them. It's very hard for the parents to help their children understand why it is that they do what they do. Because children just want their parents at home. They want normal parents, normal lives. So it's very hard. And when you read the lives of great people that have passed, you see that they struggled with their children. 
for their children to be able to buy in. And that's what was so beautiful about Ibrahim and Ismail right? They're on the same page. They're both seeking the pleasure of Allah. So Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah, his son comes to him and his son comes to him after all this prison, all this torture, all this slander, all this humiliation. Ya abati raha? Oh my father, when do we actually rest? When is work over? When do we get to go home? When do we get to be a real family? When do we get to enjoy our lives the way that children and parents and families want to enjoy their lives? And he says, oh my son, with the very first step that we take into paradise. That's when we rest, insha'Allah ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala count us amongst them. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullah khaira. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Have you ever wished that there was a Muslim version of YouTube or Netflix? Well, we have created one. The One Islam TV app has no adverts and is safe to browse for your peace of mind. Watch hundreds of high-quality produced Islamic reminders, Quran videos, stories of the prophets, hot topic, debates, and so much more. Four to eight new videos are uploaded daily, inshallah. You can watch or listen to videos while your device is switched off. Watch videos on demand or download videos and watch offline. One Islam TV is 100% run and owned by Muslims, which means the small amount you pay for your subscription is a sadaqah jariya, continuous charity for you, as we use the funds raised to continue producing more beneficial videos and reminders, inshallah. The One Islam TV app is now available on Apple devices, Apple TV, Android devices, Android TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Roku so you can watch on most devices and smart TVs. Download now for a free 7-day trial. May Allah reward you for supporting our work.